Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we are still within the grotto. And that grotto has many secrets still left to share. But at the top of the show, as we all like to do, we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters and our listeners, both of whom give a ton back to the show. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. Uh, and so I'm going to get started with introductions to my right. Hi, this is Mike. and uh, I'm playing James Robert Fraser. Uh, and uh, I am a little bit concerned uh, as to exactly how far away from me my uh, companions are just now. It's a fair concern, fair concern. Uh, so we are in the missing Lady Elizabeth formation, but uh, trust that uh, Lady Elizabeth will be back very shortly at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I'm about to unleash holy hell on a bunch of people. It does seem like that is the plan. Uh, so to Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. And with everything that went on at the end of our last game, I'm just happy to hear that Mr. Fraser's here. That is a fair, fair thing to say. There's a lot of things that have happened at the end of that game. And given what you're seeing in front of you, concern is definitely due. Last but most certainly least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And, uh... Richard kind of wonders whether Simon wouldn't be better with a sword. It's quite possible. Uh, you yourself have been Sir Galahading around uh, recently, and so we'll uh, we'll have to see if perhaps there's a bladed weapon Richard can find and uh, put into his uh, compatriots' hands. So, at the beginning of this session, because Mr. Fraser was not on camera... Uh, last uh, session, he is afforded a luck refresh, and so I will ask his player to uh, go ahead and roll some luck. Alrighty, I will do my level best. Currently, I have got a luck of 54, so kind of 50 50. Uh, I have rolled a 17. Hmm. Right, so that's a d10 luck for you. Plus five. All right, so I'm going to give you 13 points of luck. Ooh, thank you very much indeed. Use it wisely. Oh, no. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> okay, uh, so I want to start with the aforementioned James Robert Fraser, who has very recently been busted out of jail, made his way through a rather exciting escape from Trieste, and now finds himself huddled against some rocks, searching the distance for silhouettes and shapes. It's there before you, laid out in front of you before you really come to grips with what you're seeing. That single silhouette 
maybe the two or three that you'd seen before. You begin to see them blossom. That single person you saw. As they get closer, you see that there are two or three. And then to your left, you see another two or three as they make their way across this field into the rocky path that leads to the opening of the cave. Oh, dearie, dearie me. And now I'm going to ask you to make me a hard spot hidden roll. I will try my best. So, looking for a 43 on this. And I rolled 14. Oh, fantastic. So, what you spot is something you were not prepared for. Given your position, your eyes are allowed to sort of take in both the far vantage point and the the near vantage point as well. So you can see directly directly down past these tall gates. What you pick out are four people moving very close to the cave wall right up against the doors. Now the pack of people that you've seen across the field, they're at this point, even at a even at a stern run, they're probably 30 seconds away. These people are suddenly right on top of you. You see shapes move below you. And then all of a sudden you start hearing the front doors rattle. Can uh, I see with my ear, I believe that's an extreme spot hidden, um, who these people appear to be, how they're dressed, what they're carrying, anything like that? They appear to be, yeah, absolutely, I'll give it to you as, as an extreme, uh, happy to, uh, although you might not appreciate it. Uh, these men are robed uh, in black and you can see the hoods that trail behind them. When the door rattles in front of you, have you having locked it fairly well, something slips into the seam. It pushes and bends its way into the seam of the door. A blade, perhaps, or something? Did Fraser have a, a light up there that he, he had on? Um, I, I, I know you have a torch. Um, I don't believe I had it switched on in order that I could be um, more better secreted in my position. You don't hear metal on metal as if something's hitting it. That's a sound you'd be very familiar with. Mm. What you hear is metal bend. You hear a groan from the door. But I can't see what these figures are carrying as they uh, approach. They're just robed and hooded figures. Yeah, it's because they've moved so fast. Right, okay. So they have moved very fast against the facing of that cave where the door is. And with the gates shut, you can you can hear, because there's some overhead lights. You guys have turned those lights on. Okay. Even though the professor tried to break a bulb and was a little less than uh, successful at it. My question to you is, are you keeping your vision locked on the figures making their way across the field? Where, where are you putting your eyes, James? That's what I want to know. I think my priority has now moved. Um, it's a shame Simon isn't still here because he would be able to deal with one while I deal with the other. What, if anything, can I hear from further down the corridor from what's going on with uh, with the others? Are, the, uh, is it, are they too far away for me to hear anything where, wherever it is they've got to? Or? Yeah, they're a little too far for you to hear at this point. Okay. 
I think um, I'm going to make sure that I am as well concealed as possible. I've got as much cover as possible from my position where I am. I suppose I'm just going to have to shout out. Stay away from that door. I am armed. Who are you? The metal groans in response back. And you hear something dull and heavy thud against the door. Uh, In that case, I am going to fire a round into the ground near them. Not to hit them, but to act as as a warning. Single shot. Our investigators from last session will remember the gunfire that they heard at the front of the cave as uh, Fraser fires off around. The noise from the front of the door uh, seems to lessen a little bit. You hear a lot of footsteps on gravel. Make yourselves known. Who are you? What do you want? You don't get a response. Uh, When you look, you kind of sort of glance back up over the walls a little bit to check the position of the silhouettes against the the horizon. You don't see them anymore. Okay. Did I see movement down below me? Did I see where they... Um, where they might have moved to if they moved anywhere, that whoever it is that's at the door. And roughly, do I have any idea roughly how many there are at the door? You, th- you think you saw at least four robed heads? Yeah. And um, are they still there? Are they moved away? There's, there's still at least two there. Metal is still groaning pretty hard. Well, they just ignored the fact that I've just fired a shot right at their feet. Not all of them. But, but um, yes, a couple of them seem to be ignoring it. At least one. The next time I'll aim to hit, I warn you, stop what you're doing right now. I'll give you to the count of three to move away. One. Two. Give me a spot hidden roll. Zero, two. Very good. You smell something acrid in the air. Mm, when you say acrid, uh, chemical acrid, like they're or acrid, like they've lit a fuse, acrid? That's a good question. Hmm, how would I term that? No, not, not chemical acrid, and not cordite acrid, uh, or or, um, or fuse, I sh- you know, I should say. Mm. I would say, uh, I'll tell you what, I, I won't give you a roll for it, because you'll remember the smell immediately. It smells like the inside of the bear. Acidic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, okay. That's that's sort of what I was meaning by chemical, but they're pouring something into the lock to melt it away. Could be. Yeah. I mean, you don't have a good uh, sight on it. You've given your position away with the gunshot and the, and the yelling. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just completely ignoring the fact that I'm shooting at them. They seem to be, yes. Jeez, oh. Right. Um, I am going to try and get myself into a position where I can see them properly, and I am going to shine my torch down at them and I am going to fire to try and hit one of them in the leg or the arm non, non-lethal wound if I can I'm going to need torchlight to see this though so I'm going to have to give away my position a little bit in order to do that okay so just to just to be clear so we're, we're uh, moving with the right camera here hmm. you're going to stay bodily within the gate itself or are you going to get up high enough where you can look over the gate and shoot down 
As far as I recall from where I positioned myself last time, I was kind of up towards the top of the gate. Simon was down to, towards the uh, the actual sort of doorway and I, I had got myself up a little bit so I could see over the top to see um, to see figures in, in the distance. Um, if I'm not there right now, I'd like to kind of get there. So yeah, I can peer over the top because I know that the um, kind of the gate wallway doesn't go right up to the top of the mouth of the cave. Um, peer over the top, shine shine my torch down and, and fire off a shot. I'm going to try and hit one of them in the leg or the arm or something like that. Maybe that will give them the, the, the message that uh, I'm not messing about here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, you shine your torch over and you know proceed then with the pistol to aim up where the leg is. And you see two figures standing very close to the section of this, this gate where it comes together where the lock is. And the light immediately gets their attention and you see one uh, basically one figure turn around at the shining of that light and he was sort of giving cover for the this other one who seems to have been doing something at the center of the door and when the one who's been doing something at the center of the door sees the light shine across its pale and rather scarred face he turns, and when he does, he lifts his arm out from between the two doors, and you can see that there are just this horrendous series of long tentacle appendages that exist at this, the stub of his elbow, and they're writhing and pushing and crawling all over the steel and trying to bend it open. And you, sir, are going to roll sanity for me. Great. Okay, I have currently got 43% sanity. And I have just rolled an 85. Hmm. And so I will take three sanity from you in this regard. Oh, boy. Okay, dokie. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you see that this tentacle, or series of tentacles, really, have pushed their way into uh, the steel and made an opening. And you are overcome with the idea that a, a man has... How, how, is he, how has he done this? What's happened to him? Oh, that's not right at all. And you can see that, that and, and hear the popping of those tentacles, these suction cups that they seem to have at the end of them that have grasped onto the metal and they make this horrid popping sound. Yeah, I think he, he stumbles back uh, a little bit, maybe slips slightly um, on the uh, on his position uh, on, the, the, on, on the side of the, uh, the rock there and all thoughts of shooting to injure go out of his head and he shoots right into the, uh, the the central body mass of this creature. This is this this is not a human being. This is something. Or if it was, it's not any something horrible, something horrific, and it's got to go. That seems totally fair to me. So I take it I am not within point blank range of this thing. No, you are slightly just beyond point blank range. You're probably actually probably not far from point blank. Uh, maybe half meter or so. Well, um, I, and in fact, I think bearing in mind the situation. And the shock he's just had from seeing what he thought was going to be a man maybe pouring a little uh, vial of, of, of acid into a lock to see this horror. He's just going to let three shots off. Bam, bam, bam. Okay. Which will each be with a penalty die. Hmm. So I have 
34% firearms handgun, but I have 72% in firearms rifle shotgun. Mm, indeed. So I believe that gives me an additional 10% to my handgun. Score. It certainly does. Your familiarity with the rifle helps. So shot one is a miss. Ooh, okay. So the second shot, and that is also a miss. And third and final shot is another miss. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, (laughs) the fright of seeing this thing's arm come to life and, and become some abomination in front of your eyes, James, just totally breaks... Um, breaks your resolve, uh, or at least the focus for that pistol. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he's 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 not on his game at all. Having seen that, took him completely by surprise. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if he had a good position, he, he uh, for a shot, he, he's he's lost it, and his aim is his aim is off. Yeah. Uh, and so the the gentleman with the tentacle arm is going to uh, make a strength roll, which he will succeed on. And in doing so, he will burst the lock with those tentacle appendages, and the other gentleman will slip inside. And as he does so, uh, you hear the ring of a knife being unsheathed. Okay, well, um, I'm assuming that the position that I've got myself to, I can pretty much see both sides of the door, both inside and outside. Um, So as soon as he comes inside... I am going to shine my torch um, and uh, adjust my aim down to the inside of the door. If I can scramble down a couple of feet in order to get within point-blank range, that's even better. If I can't, that's fine. Yeah. No, you can. You'll be able to, and you'll hold initiative technically here because you have a pistol out uh, with the intent to use it. So provided you're using that pistol, you'll add 50 to your decks and thus beat them both on initiative pretty easily. And so I will take this time, take a deep breath and calm my nerves and take a single shot at this um, thing, whatever it is that's coming through the through the door, through the gateway. Okay, easily with a bonus die. Uh, and that, without the bonus die, that would have been a 96. Um, but with the bonus die, that is a 26, which is a success. Yeah, so you'll catch him this sort of half man, half abomination as he finishes stepping through the door with his compatriot beside him, knife-wielding compatriot. Okay, and I will see how good a shot that was. Um, That is 12 points of damage. You catch him exactly as his head comes up and you see these, uh, just a, a feverish state over half of his face. You see that his left eye is completely, it's, it's, it's alien to even human existence. There seem to be multiple irises inside of it. And there's some massive welt on the top of his head that sort of pulses. And that's really when you put the revolver fairly close to his face and you usher him off this earth. And I'll immediately, um, turn my revolver to uh, face the other one. I mean, I, I do not want to be within kind of three or four feet of them. I still want to be kind of uh, about ten feet away, which would still be within my um, point-blank range. Certainly. Um, you'll still have the... Um... I don't want to be in melee, hand-to-hand combat with a gun in my hand. That's that's not um, not my intention. 
Um, it, if it comes to that, then it will come to that. But well, yeah. So so one of the combatants has obviously left us and really everyone, and uh, the other one though will get his action, and so he will be able to close distance. Absolutely, he's going to have to scramble up towards me though because I'm still a little bit up the uh, the side of the cave. So he'll make a climb roll. That's a thirteen, uh, and so he'll be able to traverse up. And then his uh, his one goal in life at this point is to stab you, because clearly you're working for the enemy. Clearly. Oh, all right. That is. Uh, I'm going to try and dodge it. By the way, you should absolutely try. I'm not going to fight back with the butt of a pistol against a guy with a knife. Mm. That is a normal success for a dodge. Pretty good. Uh, you dodge out of the way. Uh, mm. So he takes a wicked swipe at you, and you can hear the blade cut through the air. Um, you're not certain he had his full flirting, but uh, but yeah, he was definitely interested in, in taking a piece out of you. Okay. Um, is it possible for me to scramble back a, a few feet so that I can get a shot off into this guy? Certainly. There's nothing that prevents you from doing it. That is what I shall do. Okay. And I believe I have two bullets left in my handgun. One of them is about to hopefully go straight into this guy. And fortunately not. That is a miss. All right. Even with the bonus die. You fire. It uh, goes over his shoulder. And uh, he's going to, uh, now that you're both on sort of unsteady ground... Um, he's going to try to make his way up. Uh, and he takes a few steps with that knife, and then he opens his coat oh dear. to the right-hand side. And you can see that he, he isn't wearing a shirt on that side, and he can't because he is filled with all of these massive sort of bulbous sores that line his torso and his chest. And there's a there's a very faint glow to them. And when he does, he uh, opens that coat and then sort of flexes his pectoral muscles. And when that happens, they burst and sort of fire out all over at you. Can I try and dodge out the way of these things? Certainly you may. Oh, that's not a, that's not a dodge. That's a fail. That is a hit for me. Uh, and it's so... That would be a huge amount of luck I would need to spend to make that a success. So I think I'm just going to have to take it. All right, sir, uh, five points damage from acid as it bursts all over your body. As you can feel this not hot, cold liquid cover your body, most of your upper body. Uh, you get a little bit in the face just from his proximity. I'm going to have you make a constitution roll when you get hit by it, though. Okay. Constitution is my highest characteristic, so... And that is a 48. That is a success. Ah, fantastic. You managed to roll a little bit with this. Don't get too much of it on, on you, uh, but the acid obviously hurts. It bleeds directly through your clothes. It gets directly onto your skin. And when it touches your skin, it, the places that it touches feel numb for a moment. Ouch. Well, I am going to try the same again. Um, scramble to whatever position I can, be it up or down. I'm guessing I'm probably going to have to go across or down um, from where we are now mm -hmm. and try and get uh, the final shot uh, from my revolver off uh, into, into this guy before he does that again. 
that is with the bonus die an impale hmm impales are wonderful so that is going to do a total of 17 points of damage so it doesn't take you long to steady up the, the pistol and given the fact that you're clearly on higher ground it gives you an excellent vantage point to shoot down uh, and the revolver goes off and his body flails and drops slowly down the rock face A- as you're making that last trigger pull several forms push in through the gate you see we'll say five humanoid figures dressed in these black robes that hustle past you down into the hallway okay I mean I'm going to try and reload my revolver full reload is going to take me uh, around there's a number of them I'm not going to kill them all in one round so I'm going to spend the next round reloading my revolver okay fully reloading it in the time it takes you to get the shells out, reload your revolver, and and be set again, they've made the the run into these halls, this these caverns beneath. Um, you can obviously hear them, so they're just kind of ignoring me, just running past me down yep. there. Yeah, they don't pay you a single mind. All righty then. And that is when you have a shock of insight that you don't know where Lady Elizabeth is. <sighs> Well, the last I saw her, she was making her way down with the others, wasn't she? Yep. Um, I'm going to quickly see if this door is kind of bent and twisted beyond being able to close it again properly, or if there's any way that I can sort of jam it closed. I'm assuming that the lock has been sort of bust open on it by whatever it was these creatures were doing. The lock has been busted open. The center portion of both doors have been bent back. You could, if you got couple of fairly heavy rocks you could push them in front of them and slow someone from getting through them in an immediate sense but it's going to take an eye you know someone to repair these doors to make them complete again yeah how long is it going to take if, if, if i can if it's a moment's work to push um to like roll a couple of heavy rocks against against the doors um i will do so um if not then i will cut my losses and head down the corridor trying to find Lady Elizabeth. You'd probably I'd also like to take a peek out of the um, out through the doors as well to see if I can see what, what's going on with these silhouettes, whether they've completely disappeared from my field of view now. Yeah, they have completely disappeared from your field of view now. You think it would probably take more than a moment or two to lodge the doors shut, uh, and so it might be just best to hurry after and find Lady Elizabeth. I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, keep moving down, down the corridor, and I'm going to start calling out for her. Your ladyship! Your ladyship. So we will move camera to our other investigators. So, Professor, you and uh, Miss Bellinger are uh, hunkered down a little bit, as we like to say, with uh, your trusty friend, Simon, who has brought out a very imposing weapon of war. So you are in these, in, in sort of this cavern area where there's there seems to be several different fights going on. You've seen that there's deeper ahead, or or not deeper, but further down this path, back almost towards the opening, there's more in the way of battles going on between these two groups. You're not sure who they are. And there are a couple figures much closer 
who are coming towards you. So for your benefit, I have prepared something that might help a little bit in regards to positioning. Oh my. Just at the top, what I'd like to do, I would like to make sure I have everyone's dexterity at the ready. Because I have a feeling that I'm going to need it. We've not been seen yet, have we? Or at least I think that's what we believe. It is what you believe, yes. So you are sort of down in this lower portion of the hallway here, and you were seeing these people begin to further come down the hallway. You can see that there are two distinct groups here, um, because obviously there's groups that are fighting beyond in the uh, washed-out tunnels. Um, Professor, what's your dexterity? 50. All right. Miss Bellinger. 85. No, she's a quick one. Or she's about to not be. <laughs> Simon? 80. All right, 80, but you're currently plus 50 because you have the Thompson out and you are prepared to use it. Correct. Reminder, just so everybody's on the same page as far as how firearms work. If you are taking your plus 50 bonus to initiative, you are telling you your, your keeper that you are using the weapon that round. You don't get it if you don't use the weapon. All about intent. Okay, Simon. Uh, per the map, which ones are the individuals wearing black? Because per our last session, I saw one of them use a spell as far as I could understand from my knowledge. Yep. So the ones who are wearing black are marked in our map on blue because it's a little silly to mark them with black in the dark map. Mm-hmm. They seem to be fighting with uh, these other, this other group. And that other group is, seems anyway, in the light here, in the, with the available light you have, some of these other men that they're fighting seem to be wearing very distinctive suits and fezes, which of course has not made you calm at all. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what to do if I want to shoot them both. Or <laughs> but the spell I saw being used last time was... Um, a pretty nasty piece of work, correct? It was, yes. I'm going to go ahead and shoot the robed individual. Okay. Now, does this go off submachine gun skill or rifle shotgun skill? This is uh, technically submachine gun. Okay, and what's the base for that? It's a good question. I've got 15 on my sheet. Okay. Seems about right. So I get the 10% for rifle and shotgun. Uh, yes, that's technically true. I exactly roll a 25. Ooh, okay. So because we're having fun with all sorts of rules and differences and whatnot, uh, what I'm going to have you do for that submachine gun, because it has a lethality of about 10%, is I'm going to have you roll that twice. I'm going to have you roll 10% twice. First one's a 31 Second one's a 57. So I don't hit the 10%. Right. Apologies. I'm just looking at Delta Green for a second. Sure. The Thompson's damage is 1d10 plus 2. So what I'm going to have you roll is a single d6 damage for every 3% of lethality, which would be 3d6. And so that's what I'll do is I will have you roll um, 3d6 and I will, I will say this. 3d6, but you get, you're going to divide the damage between the two. 
and you're going to do it before you roll. So which one of them gets two and which one of them gets one? Well, I'm trying to focus all on the blue, the black group. And I did say a controlled burst. So am I allowed to do that or is it going to hit all, both of them because they're fighting? Or firing into melee. So I will say that if you don't want to roll, the, if you don't want to roll at least 1d6 damage on the one you don't want to hit, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, it would have need, needed to have been a hard success. Okay. Yeah, and I wasn't going to be able to hit that. Yeah, so the, the guy in the robe gets 2d6. The guy without the robe gets 1d6. The guy in the robe takes nine. And the other one takes four. Okay, very good. Um, so you stand up from your position, or at least in a sort of shooter stance, you ready and, and sit there in, in cover. Uh, you have to move just a little bit to be able to see him, but it does give you the uh, the option to cover the professor a little bit with your own body. And it isn't about the gun, per se. It isn't about the feeling of having to, to go back to this sort of mentality for you, Simon. What it really is, is it's about clearing a path and getting out of this place because it's clear that everything has turned completely upside down. Richard, for you and for Miss Bellinger, the sound of a Thompson in an enclosed tunnel is exceedingly painful. You're not even prepared for him to start firing. You hear the slide, you see him pull the weapon up, and that staccato burst from the Thompson comes out, and it's the loudest thing you've ever heard. You're suddenly ducking and covering your ears. Uh, The man in the robe drops. The man next to him gets stitched with a bullet. And far, far away down the tunnel, Mr. Fraser, you begin to hear an automatic weapon fire. Oh, no. And I will increase my speed and keep calling out for her ladyship. So, uh, Miss Bellinger, given what you've just seen um, and heard... What are you planning on doing? Well, um, Maggie is a god occasionally, but also a human in this moment. And if I remember correctly, Maggie didn't really want to kill people uh, voluntarily, uh, but she was willing to negotiate and let Simon handle it. Uh, And I think that's exactly what Maggie's going to do. She's going to kind of like, like you said, that Simon is blocking the professor's body with his, and Maggie's going to hide her body behind the professor's. Fair enough. I'm, I'm certain that she can tuck herself in behind here, behind her sh- knight in, in shining corduroy, mm-hmm. and uh, find a way to uh, to stay a little bit beyond. It isn't unnoticed by you what, what Simon does. It's, it's impossible to, to not hear that. Yeah. All right. A few things happen before the professor gets an action on 50. Just a few. You hear an awful lot of the movement in the tunnel. Simon, you see a lot of movement down there. Again, it's not very well well lit. What you're getting is trace light from torches that have been dropped. Probably the most disconcerting thing that you see down here is also that some of these robed gentlemen, when they move closer... You can see the glint 
of this strange green phosphorus that that colors their eyes. Their eyes seem to sit in the dark and glow. So that's their opportunity for the moment. You can tell that several of them have moved to cover, given the weapon they're hearing fire. And it's your action. So having led off his, uh, well, not his, but Anton's pistol um, last time, he's going to see if he can find any bullets that he may have picked up at the same time. I think the gun also had um, it had multiple magazines with it. I think it had ah. two. So you have a spare magazine that you Perfect. can chain exchange. Yeah. So he's going to fiddle around and see if he can find some sort of catch that'll... Uh, Allow him to release the other magazine, and then he'll slide the other one in. Yep. For you, Professor, it's a machine, and it's meant to do a very specific thing. And so you sort of fumble with it a little bit in some of the available light here. You find where the magazine releases at, and you sort of reach into the jacket pocket and pull the fresh one out. I'm guessing that probably takes an action. One round to exchange a clip. So yeah, that'll do it. So yes, it takes you around swap the clip sounds good that way you don't have to do any killing immediately well he's just waiting for another another person with a fez to to come okay uh so that'll leave it to simon then at uh what 130 so are the befez gentlemen moving towards us some of them have yeah but they've also moved to cover yes and you can tell that there are lurking, shadowy shapes behind them. And these are the same shapes that they were fighting with about moments ago. All right. Professor, Miss Mac, yeah, I'm thinking that we have enemies of all stripes here. Let's take them all out. Right. Okay. You lead the way. Okay. I'm going to, using a stalactite as partial or stalagmite as partial cover, mm-hmm. I'm going to target one of the Turkish gentlemen. Well, you're going to have a slight problem doing that because they have also done the same thing. They have gone to cover. They've put a bunch of stone pillars between you and and them. Uh, so you can attempt to uh, shoot them, but it'll be at a penalty die. What about the one in the back with the robe? Yeah, you could shoot. Uh, the Thompson has more than enough range to shoot him. All right, I'll nail him. And I'm hoping the uh, professor will keep his eyes peeled for the others. I will spend the three luck to make that a success again. Okay. So roll uh, a lethality roll for me under 10%. That's a 20. Okay. And he said roll twice or just once? No, just once. Okay. And is that three dice on him then? It is. He's the only one there. 15. He is dead. You fire the Thompson a few times and after doing so, see the eyes wink out. And it's at that point uh, Miss Bellinger would go if she'd like to take an action. If not, perfectly fine she doesn't. Simon, do you have any extra guns I could grab off of you? My pistol's in my right coat pocket. Same one you used before. I I will obtain a gun you from obta- him. You obtain a pistol. You now have a pistol. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. if your father could see you now. I know, because he knows that I'm a rifle lady. Right. Not not a handgun lady so uh, so with the opportunity at their uh, ready they're going to step out from these cover points and they are going to shoot at you Simon because you have an enormous submachine gun 
That is a zero eight on the first one. And the second one misses. Alright. So let's see here. Oh, you got a very lucky there. Uh, that's four points damage from their pistol. Yeah, I was wondering if I got a penalty dice, or they got a penalty dice because I was behind a stalagmite as well. They absolutely did. All right. Okay. Mm, so that is theirs. This gentleman will come around the corner. This robed individual will come around the corner. What he will do is reach out with both of his hands towards his fallen compatriots, and he will begin chanting and encanting something. And the section of tunnel there begins to fill with purple energy as his arms come apart like spaghetti. And as they do so, they reach down and begin to usher these two forms, these two fallen comrades up into the air. And you can see their bodies jerk and writhe. A great pulsing of energy begins to happen down at the end of that corridor. All of my investigators here in this tunnel are going to roll sanity for me. Oh, that was a fail. Richard rolled 42 over 38. All right. That is a 14 under 55. All right. It's a fail for Maggie as well. 58 over 42. Maggie and Richard can lose two points of sanity. Respectfully, Simon, you are A-OK. In the sense that you're not suffering mentally from what you just saw mostly because you're way too busy lining, getting ready to line up the next series of volleys to go downfield. Uh, but whatever is happening down there, it ain't right. It ain't right at all. It ain't right, but I also know that it can be killed. Mm. I think. You think? Okay. So, Richard, having seen all that, you're being shot at. At least you think you are. He would very much like to shoot the um, the source of the purple energy, the, the chanting one. Okay. Fair enough. It's going to be a slight long shot. Mm-hmm. But what does the Hand of Fate have to say? I think the Hand of Fate is going to give you advantage on this. That would be nice. They've just done so. I shall pluck an extra D10. And we've got oh, two tens dies with a 60 on. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm is disappointing you have potentially any luck you'd want to spend I don't know what your firearm skill is Richard uh, base at 20 unfortunately so yeah. that's uh, and the other dive is a 5 so that's quite a lot of yeah that's quite a lot 45 doesn't I, it would be nice but uh, probably not okay you fire it off you miss you can see the other fed, the other fezzed enemies uh, in the hallway here react at your gunshot thinking it's for them damn it We'll come around to Simon again. I duck around the stalagmite again, yell, Behind you! at the two uh, Bethesda gentlemen and then shoot them. Okay. That is a 91. Ooh. Well, it's definitely a failure. Uh, and I do not have the luck. Mm, no, I wouldn't think so. Okay, fair enough. We'll move right down to uh, Miss Ballinger. You are armed. You are now armed and ready. I am. So the the one that's emanating purple. Really, on this show, we call it secreting. Is hiding it? No, no. He, we call it secreting. He's secreting away. Uh, yes. That's the one I want to shoot. Go for it. Okay. 
Oh, try to shoot. Okay, so I do get uh, in my an extra 10%. I've just learned this today because I have 55 in rifles, right? So I get an extra 10 to my handguns. Absolutely. It's, it doesn't matter because I rolled an 80. Oh. Over 29 or 39. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm certain that you're not interested in any sort of luck spend for that. That would take more luck than I have, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. So with that said, you are going to get the gentleman in, bathed in this purple light with all of his fingers and arms seeming to have become this rope-like appendages. Uh, he reaches out with these two forms, raises them up to the the rocky ceiling, and then you listen and you hear him squish them. He almost juices them. And the bodies just burst with the leftover blood inside of them. And it coats down the limbs these strand muscles that he has. And after doing so, uh, he reaches those strands, those bloody strands out and begins to give off that energy down the hallway. There's an enormous pulse that goes down the hallway. And I'm going to have everybody in that space make me a dexterity roll. Well, that's something I can pass at least. 54 under 85. 58 under 80. 32 under 50. Hmm, Look at that. These two Fez gentlemen that are in front of him, they do not do so well. They are not able to get out from beyond it. And so they are coated in this fluid. And once the fluid coats their backs, they begin writhing in pain. And you watch their bodies light up with this purple glow. Seems they are suffering quite a bit. Simon, go ahead and make me a spot hidden. You're probably the only one that's going to be able to see this. That's a negatory ghost rider. It'll be an 86 over 51. Okay. All right. Um, so just as this purple energy passes over you, you all recover just enough to get ready for the next portion of what you're going to try to do. And you watch as the man bathed in this bloody purple energy is stabbed in the back and you see the blade come out his front and he drops to a knee that is going to be on you Simon okay now the two Bifez gentlemen in front of me are glowing purple and screaming correct that's correct and they're not really trying to do anything else it does seem to be that way yes they're trying to get to their feet it seems like but they're currently down on their hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm shooting over them into the two individuals down the hallway in the purple glow. And I'm going to go on full blast. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to go on full blast. Go right ahead. That's a 15. Okay. I'm going to play an empowered hand of fate against you and treat that as a malfunction. Okay. You go on full blast with the Thompson. And you start hearing rounds leave it. You get that same sort of burst. And then you you hear a very rapid metal-on-metal sound. And 
I need you to make me um, a luck roll. <laughs> That's a 21 over 13. I fail. As the gun jams, the rounds detonate in the chamber and the Thompson basically sets on fire like in your hands from the discarded rounds as a bunch of rounds go off where they're not supposed to. You take 12 damage. Okay. Somebody didn't like me. Or they they really do like you. And thus, <laughs> just you suffer. All right. With that, you can... Miss Bellinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which gentleman... Who would be the closest for me to shoot? Because shooting... I'm just... I'm Maggie's really feeling down on herself after some, some poor shooting. And she's going to try to take the easiest shot that she can. Alrighty. The, that gentleman right here closest to you, he's essentially down on one knee. And he's trying to recover after being hit with whatever purpley blood that came at him. Yep. But you definitely have to stand up from your crouched position. No, I can do that. I, I think I have that in me. Uh, handgun. Nope, I sure don't. Hmm. It's a 64 over 39. Okay. So you fire off around and uh, it hits off the stalactite, or it hits off the rock face uh, next to him. See, Maggie didn't want to fight in the first place. <laughs> this this shows in my shooting skills. Okay. Richard, you've reloaded. Just trying to work out. So Richard's um, obviously got... Uh, some considerable experience in physics and uh, understand how materials work. Are any of the stalactites suitably weak such that if they were shot, they might fall down and fall on somebody's head? I mean, I don't think that it's a pulp game if something isn't tried like mm. that. So I'm yeah. going to say yes, clearly that there is a, there is one you could make, you could make use of. Cool. Richard's going to aim for that stalactite then. All right. Oh, well, that was 30. And because I think it will be a lot of fun, I'm going to spend those 10 points of luck. <gasps> Richard. I know. Uh, you fire. Uh, and when you do so, this gentleman here, just beyond the one that Miss Bellinger shot at, the second Bethesda gentleman, is going to... Now, how this would work is normally during a firearms roll in Call of Cthulhu, there are no dodge rolls because no one gets to dodge bullets. But given what you're doing, I'm going to have him uh, make a hard dex roll to see if he can get out from underneath before it crashes down on him. Uh, and he is unable to do so. Good. And so I'd like you to roll me 2d6, Professor. Say 2d6 plus 2. Ooh, a total of 10. All right, you crush him. Take that, you fiend. Shoot at Maggie. That's, that's totally unacceptable. Yeah, you crush him. Pulverize him completely. Feels really good. And so since we're at the end of the round, Mr. Fraser, you have um, made it to this area, this scene, and you can hear that uh, there's definitely some fighting going on in this tunnel section nearby. Okay, so I take it that my calls for her ladyship have uh, gone unanswered, yeah? Indeed, sir. You haven't even seen her. Okay. Well, I'm going to assume that she is with the others. Have I seen the, um, the what was it, three or four that were uh, ahead of me? 
Have I seen them go down to uh, this kind of the end of this tunnel that I seem to be running down and turn one way or the other? Well, there were a couple of turns back there. So there was a, a, re- a, a left and a right that you had to make a choice on. Mm. Uh, you end up making the, the right-hand path follow choice the sound, yeah. right, and follow the sound. Uh, and you've gotten here. And what I would tell you is that in this space, as you're getting closer, uh, you do notice that there's been an awful lot of foot traffic in here recently. Okay, well, I'm going to move down the corridor quickly, quietly, and carefully uh, until I come to the end of it, I guess, or until something happens. If you'd give me some clarity then on stealth or no stealth. Stealth. All right. That'll, I'm just asking so I can move you the proper amount of spaces. Of course, yeah. yeah. Stealthy, but quickly. Um, I will make a stealth roll. Oh, that's wonky. Oh, that is a failure. Oh, a stealth roll. 86 over 69. You know, so you make it down to about this pool of water, small pool of water, mm-hmm. and you can definitely hear that there's some scurrying, you think, to... Well, it's tough to say. The right, the left. There's only two choices, so you've gone okay. right the rest of the time. Perhaps that'll that'll do you through uh, uh, the same as we move deeper in. Okay. All right, then. Uh, and then for posterity's sake, uh, Mr. Fraser's dexterity is... 60. 60. That's what I thought it was, but always good to ask. And you are armed currently, yes? I am armed. I have taken the uh, time that I've been running down the, these corridors uh, to fully reload my uh, revolver. All right. Your revolver is fully reloaded. Now, given... Uh, what happened last round with the Thompson, we would not assume uh, that Simon would be able to use it this round because obviously he'll have to make some sort of recovery roll after a malfunction. So that being said, Miss Bellinger beats you by five on dexterity and is armed with a pistol. And so, Maggie, I would ask you first then, what are you planning on doing? The man you shot at before is still around. Uh, but the mm-hmm. man behind him, Richard, seemingly has crushed with a big rock. I know, and that's a fantastic idea. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll follow suit. I'm, I'm impressed with Richard's uh, quick thinking. That's a good, good idea, Richard. And I'll start shooting at those stalactites as well. Right. Will Maggie hit one? Is the question. Oh, I did. I rolled. It's a hard success. Ooh, very good. So you're able to chip off a big chunk of rock, um, and I'll give him the same sort of dexterity roll. Just because it would be fun. This one has a zero two, so he does step out of the way. Um, but he steps out of the way into the hallway because it's the it's the only place he can go. So now he has no cover. Quick, Richard, shoot that man. He would, but it's not his action, and so. Um, I know it's just what Maggie says on her turn. <laughs> All right, Simon, what's the plan? Simon's putting the fire out and cowering behind a stalagmite because he's down to nine hit points. That's fair. Technically, then, that will fall to Mr. Fraser because he's now in the same combat terms as the rest of the party. All righty. That being the case, uh, I am going to move again stealthily down to the uh, T-junction ahead of me and listen left and right to see which side the yeah. sound is coming from, if you'd like me to. Please do. That is a failure, 88 over 60. All right, you don't hear anything. I mean, you hear some 
ambient noise, gunfire, obviously, but anything that you need to pick out specifically for the test. I'm willing to push it. Who are you? I am indeed, yes. In what uh, way, sir? Well, I think I will... um, I will move out further into the the corridor and uh, risk being spotted. Um, And, uh, yep, that'll do. I do like risk. A little bit further than I would normally, but I'm very worried about her ladyship and I need to uh, get to where uh, the action is as quickly as possible. I will make another attempt at a listen roll. Well, that's a zero four. Well, uh, in the dark ahead, there are a couple of gentlemen. You can tell because their facial expressions are turned your way. And the reason why you can tell is because their eyes phosphorently glow in the dark, as do all of their veins. Oh, dear. I don't like that. Um, I'm going to take a step towards the uh, cave wall to hopefully afford myself a little bit of cover, carefully take aim, and shoot the one nearest to me. All right. Right through one of those evilly glowing eyes of his. Go right ahead, sir. Um, Am I in point blank range where I am? Mm, Yeah, I think so. Point blank's what? um, If there's your dex times, dex divided by five in feet. So yeah, so you're 60, that's what? Yeah, I'd say you're 12 feet. I think it's text divided by five in feet. I'll be embarrassed if I'm proved wrong. Oh, wow. I'll hear about it. Oh, my goodness. Zero eight. Ooh. Well, that's an impale. So that is going to be a mere 15 points. Oh, yes. Well, you send that man directly to whatever hell he's been promised. I guess the others will hear a shot ring out from just around the corner. Yep. Well, amongst all the other shots going on. Um, but yes, there's a... there's. Both you, well, really anybody down there would hear a, a gunfire that isn't in the direct area. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, line up with any other physical movements that are happening. This gentleman, this other Fez gentleman, actually is going to keep going down the hallway. He's on a mission. So this one here, uh, Miss Bellinger, this, this one you shot at earlier is going to shoot. Well, I'll give you a higher low die. Miss Bellinger, which one would you prefer? Low. All right, that's high. He's shooting at you. Okay. How dare he? He misses with a 69. Exactly. Nice. All right. Uh, So let's see here. This gentleman comes round. Another Fez gentleman enters the hall. This tunnel area, Richard, really piling them up now. And uh, and he's going to fire at you. And you hear him say, Professor. You hear it in your ears. And this twit rolls a 99. And Excellent. actually, I think that is actually a malfunction, a proper malfunction, too. Fantastic. We love a good malfunction. Uh, yeah, so you, you see him come up in a, in a standing shooting position. He looks you dead in the eye, and you can see his lips mouth. I see you, Professor. And the he clicks the gun and you blink for a second. And then you hear the gun continue to click. And like he stares at it for a second and begins, you know, jostling with the pistol to try to get it to work. And you breathe the sigh of relief. And if your trousers weren't messed before, they certainly are now. <laughs> Poor Richard. Indeed. 
All right. So top of the round then will be Maggie. Well, Richard hasn't had to... Oh, you're right. Apologies, yeah. Richard. Go ahead. <laughs> so Richard says, um, Ham, did you forget to take the safety off or something? Uh, draws aim and fires. Uh, hopefully that's not a malfunction. That's 96. Mm, what kind of gun is that? I've no idea. It's Anton's. Oh, Anton wouldn't leave you a bad gun. No. Uh, no. So... That gun's usually only malfunction on 99 or 100. Yeah, 99. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're good. Cool. <laughs> he goes off. Now, Richard's happy that at least he managed to fire a bullet rather than jam it, so, hey. I mean, you fired a bunch of bullets uh, in the in the hallways behind you, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't bullets. That was a sword. Right, you're trying to slay a bunch of dragons. Yes. Uh, all right, then. So, Maggie? We're willing to accept your surrender. And then I'll shoot again. Uh, okay, go ahead. Just it, it's sad emphasis to my statement. 44 over 39. 44 over 39, huh? That's what, five luck? Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> Good. Good spend. All right, roll damage. Oh, what is the damage on this thing? I'm going to assume that Mr. Griffith's gun is a 45 or what, what What did you give her? It is 1d10 plus 2. I rolled a 3. Well, sorry, I rolled a 1 plus 2, which is 3. Oh, but you were firing up this. Are you firing up the gentleman who's, who has the blue dice who's still trying to get to his feet, who's in immense pain? I was firing at the one that I tried to crush with the slag tight, and then they ducked out of the way, and then they're still there. They won't die. They refuse to die. Yep. I believe it's this front gentleman. Yep. He, he does die. Oh, good. Only had one hit point left. Uh, so you shoot him, and he falls down. And then when he falls down, you see that, that there's still yet another Fez gentleman behind him. It's like they won't stop. Hmm... All right, then. So even though Simon is uh, not in direct combat at this point, you have, if you are managing to, to get the Thompson back under control, that, that is something that you've been able to do. You are badly wounded. But is the Thompson salvageable? You think so. It'll likely have to be completely cleaned in, in the best circumstances. In the worst circumstances, you could try to re-rack the drum and, and lose any sort of... Um, you know, ammunition that's sort of off uh, balance. That's the big problem with with the the setup of the Thompson is that if things get it's rare, but if things get out of control, you sort of have to do a little field surgery on it to get it to work right again. He's just going to be working. He's in pain. Takes the knife out of his boot and lays it on the ground next to him for easy access in case he needs to use it. Mm-hmm. And just takes the drum out and is flushing the all the ammo out of the gun. Okay, fair enough. You'll spend a round doing that. I won't make you make a skill test for it because of your familiarity. You'll be able to clear the malfunction at that point. It's fine. I'm sure Miss Maggie and the professor have everything covered. It does seem that way, at least a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't have a gun out, so Fraser. Um, Mr. Fraser is going to continue moving quickly and cautiously through the tunnel until he can get a bead on someone else. He's going to try and move up to within point blank range of them 
and then shoot them. Would you like me to make a stealth roll? I would like you to give me a stealth roll, yes. That is a normal success, 57 under 69. It is contested, of course, and you've beaten them. So you are at uh, point-blank range here with the, the noise or anything going on. Your footsteps don't seem to have alerted them, and there is enough light in the space here where you could take a shot at them. Um, you would be at advantage, obviously, for... Okay. And actually, if memory serves correctly, I think you'd be at surprise because you're in stealth and they haven't noticed you. Which means he doesn't get to try and uh, jump for cover or anything like that. He gets nothing. He gets to, to take a bullet in the back. Okay. Well, it's not exactly a gentlemanly thing to do to shoot a man in the back of the head, but uh, Mr. Fraser is convinced that this is not a man. So the normal rules of engagement don't apply. And that is a 19, which is not uh, an extreme success, but it is a success. Roll damage, please. A mere three points of damage. You shoot him in the, in the back. He definitely takes... <laughs> oh! You hear a grunt out of him, and you can see his... Mm. And then I'll flatten myself against the wall. And uh, as it is his action, um, he is going to fire blindly behind him. Okay. Which he'll be at disadvantage for. And with a 93, you you see the report and, and the flash from the revolver that he has, but it goes wildly somewhere mm. else. Good, good. Um, so are my, investiga- my investigators down in that are hunkered down there, uh, Miss Bellinger and the professor and Simon, see the man who got stabbed stand back up and lurch toward this Fez gentleman. And as he does so, you hear a low chant pick up behind him and his seemingly dead form wrap itself around this fezzed man. And the horrors that begin to happen as each one of these long flayed muscles wrap appendages, you hear a vicious and inhuman crack of bones as it ripples out against the cave walls. It feels like this Fez gentleman is being pulled apart appendage by appendage by this creature. And I'll have you make sand rolls for me. Because that's just all sorts of horrific. Now, do I need to? Because I to- said I'm fully focused on the guy. Yeah, no, you're you're good. You're, you're, you're eyes down trying to get the slide to to uh, react to the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I since I'm you so are. badly wounded, I just want full cover right now. I'm, I'm trusting in these two. No, well, Simon. You're an uncommonly kind keeper, Mr. Diamond. Am I? I got a hard pass on my... That question I asked earlier, I need to ask it again. So what would a 97 mean? I mean, if it's just a... If a, it's a sand roll, it's just a failure. It's not a, just a normal failure, not a... Well, it depends what your sanity is currently. If it's under 50, it's a fumble. Oh, I suppose that's true. It, it might be under 50. Did you fumble your sanity roll? I might have done. Hmm. But if if he is in a bout of madness, it's irrelevant. Nope. Okay. Not yet. Not at the minute. Well, actually, right, that's true, not at the minute. Um, I remember very distinctly, not but a minute or two ago in this recording 
Someone clearly stated that I was a very kind and generous keeper. Allow me to disabuse you of that notion. <laughs> uh, so, Professor, I'm going to play an empowered hand of fate against you. And I'm going to put you into a bout of madness. And when I do so, I'm also going to give you an immediate, permanent sanity mark. Ooh. Yes. First and foremost, lose five sanity. Richard's sanity is getting as bad as Simon's luck. Mm. Indeed. And so, because I absolutely love intertwining investigators together, Miss Bellinger, please roll me 1d100. Oh boy, I can do that. Oh, sure. Ooh, uh, 56. I'll take a little play on that word then. Um, you become very obsessed to Richard, looking at this. Obsessed from a medical standpoint, from a curiosity standpoint, your brain really never stops thinking. You become very curious and sort of, one might say, obsessed with flesh. The differences therein, how it bends and moves, how it could be used to contort into different things. When you see this, what to put it, this creature, both attack and dismantle this fezzed gentleman all on its own like a butcher chopping up a fresh turkey you become obsessed with it and figuring out how you could do that there must be a way it's very useful oh and since you're in about and around other investigators the bout will last seven rounds. The uh, good. mania stays forever, though. It's like a gift. Hmm. Really, this doesn't bode well for our morning. Merry Christmas and happy birthday, Spike. This is start flaying me. So that was Richard's... Was it Richard's action? That was... Last action was his action, so... I think mm. it would be the professor's action. Hmm... So yeah, you're in a boat, and you're obsessed with flesh. Take it away. So, I think one of the standout things here is that Richard's seen this this chap kind of come apart. That's probably a better word um, than, than that, but we'll, we'll go with that. And he's sort of come apart in a way where he's stripped down to sort of various fleshy tendrils, and it's almost almost kind of thready, really. Um, Richard knows about threads um, so I, I think now is an absolutely fantastic time for Richard to take a, a view of what's going on with a, a certain special pair of spectacles that he, he has you know I would Richard but you're in a bout and so you're not in control of the device at this point you can't harness your willpower Okay. I think it might be best if you just got a real close look at what was going on don't you? well I mean that would be an alternative wouldn't it? If he can't see with the uh, benefit of his spectacles, then... Um, so how, how could he take a look? So we did bring various items of equipment with us. Mm. I think it would be appropriate maybe for Richard to, um, I don't know, maybe take the pickaxe or, or something. Sure. I mean, if nothing else, it would help if you got closer with the torch and were able to mm. inspect things. Well, he was sort of wondering what would happen if he tried to sort of prise the two apart, maybe see what was going on inside. 
sure. the one that's sort of enveloping the other. If he, if he could sort, I mean, what what's actually happening there? Are there, are there any sort of suckers on the inside, or is it that you know? How, how is that? Is the flesh trying to attach itself? So if he could sort of prize it apart and take a look, that would be very uh, insightful. You'll have to get a little closer, obviously, but I mm-hmm, indeed fully encourage it. Yes, that's what he'll do. Miss Bellinger, you watch the professor sort of lose his shooting stance. The the pistol he was carrying drops to the floor. He reaches back into your equipment bag and pulls out, you think, what is a pickaxe. Oh, no. And he begins to get a whole lot closer to this thing. And he's walking with a purpose. You've seen this look before, recently. Richard stands up from his cover position and sort of absentmindedly drops the pistol. Mm-hmm. Reaches down into your inventory bag that Simon had been carrying and re- withdraws this pickaxe that he had brought with. And then he sort of very determinedly begins walking towards this creature that has just thousands of, not thousands, we'll say uh, 10 or so on each side of its body, these long, spindly skinless muscles that extend out these ropey muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like bad news. Uh, Richard, Richard, don't get, don't get any closer. Richard, you don't, you don't have a sword. And I, I want to run and tackle Richard. Ooh, fantastic. I like the idea of you tackling him. So yeah, I suppose that's fighting brawl. And you're keenly aware of the people around you, Richard. You're keenly aware of Really, all the, all the flesh that's around you. And so you won't be surprised by this at all. Um, so if you'd like to dodge or fight back, you're, you're welcome to. Um, there's about to be some more flesh near you. 22 under 14. Richard will try and sort of lunge forward rather than dodge, dodge. So effectively try and speed up a bit. Go for it. Oh, my God. Ooh. Ooh. What is wrong with these things this evening? That's a zero zero. Oh my, that's a fumble. Hmm. Actually, it's a well, yeah, it's from critical failure. Yeah. Um, so, oops. Miss Bellinger, you tackle Richard to the ground, and you're not completely upset by this, Richard. It's unfortunate that you're not close to where you need to be, and that's really what you're interested in. But Maggie's got all sorts of flesh, and she's much closer. You sort of begin to wonder how she works inside. And I'll leave the two of you there. Mr. Fraser, you're still exchanging gunfire around the corner with this strangely illuminated man. Um, and you've dove in back for cover to shield yourself from any potential rounds that come your way. Now it's time to act. I'm going to lean out and take another shot at this guy. <clears throat> and uh, hopefully my uh, bullet will be slightly better placed than the last one. And that is a 16 with the bonus die, which I believe is a hard success, not quite an impale. Damage, please, sir. That's a bit better. That's 11 points of damage. It drops like a rock. Um, Can I move up as well? Certainly, sir. Um, I would like to move up to the corner um, that he appeared to be going around and... um, very carefully get a peek around. I'm happy to make a stealth roll if you'd like me to do that. Yeah, I won't require the stealth roll at this point. 
Um, because there's nothing that's going to be able to sort of view you in that space. If, if it, if anything does, we'll do a stealth versus spot hidden to, because the presumption is you're moving very carefully around that. Um, What you're beginning to see though, is that there's quite a lot of bodies here and some of them have been through some pretty disturbing ends. People have been ripped apart here. It's blood all over the place. Uh, There's probably in this general vicinity, uh, two or three bodies at this point at the top of the corner. And you can see something purpley, glowy from around the corner. You, you don't have a full sight of it, but you can see the the illumination plays off the cavern walls here. I think the first thing that uh, he wants to assure himself of is that none of the bodies belong to Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. Um, uh, or, or indeed any of his companions. Um, um, are they all uh, these robed figures? Uh, some of them are robed, yes, and others are dressed in dark suits. You see a few red fezes splayed out across the ground, too. What is going on here? And, uh, yeah, I guess that would be me. Um, I will prepare to continue to move through, but take a moment to take in the scene. You take a moment. That's your action. Uh, so, technically speaking, it's Miss Bellinger, then Simon, as Simon will be able to get at, get to act normally. The uh, the din of combat has dimmed from this area now. You haven't heard as many uh, gunfire uh, shots ring off the, the stones here. The only thing that seems to be left in the corner nearby is this figure that's slowly moving towards Richard and Maggie. Uh, and you can see it's appendages, these multiple thin appendages are clawing along the rock wall trying to get closer to them. Uh, and Miss Bellinger, since you hold the highest dexterity, it'll be your action. Yeah, I'm wanting to try to... Uh, so I've, ta- I've tackled Richard. We're both on the ground. Indeed. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to get up and try to drag him away. Because uh, I'm assuming he's probably fighting back. I would mostly be trying to pin him down to get him from uh, getting any closer, while also calling to uh, calling for help. All right, that seems reasonable. Uh, so let's see here. I suppose then it's basically a grapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what opposed. Pose fighting brawl. Happy to take any sort of correction if folks have a better handle on that. I think it's pose fighting brawl because you're declaring your intent is to grapple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Sixty-four over forty. Oh, don't worry. The way these things have been rolling, that's probably uh, <laughs> an improvement on Richard's. Ooh, eighteen. Right on time, Professor. Um, you manage to get out from under what she's trying to do Um, and since she can't sustain the grapple you can fight her off Uh, so you you don't get grappled you don't don't gain any um, immediate position on her uh, but you are able to act normally the next round Um, but before that happens we will turn to Simon who has fixed the Thompson temporarily and while bloody is not beaten. Well, Simon's not a fan of trying to reshoot the Thompson again while 
he is in the dark and it's not fully cleaned and he managed to effectively burn half his hit points off with a Thompson fire. However, he's aware that the professor has moved forward and dropped his pistol. This is correct, right? Because he went for a pickaxe. Absolutely. I will pick up his pistol and shoot over them since they both are sprawled on the ground, correct? <laughs> they are. All right. And I, I can clearly see this glowing target. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no um, visibility difficulty there for you because it creates that shadowy purple aura around it. Uh, that is a 79. I cannot push the roll and I cannot spend the luck. So the just bullet just wings off a stalactite. Yep, but you fire and you have that pistol that Richard has can fire more than once in this round. Uh, but I think you have to take disadvantage on the first roll if memory serves correctly. I'm fine. I'm just going to do one bullet at a time. It's a pistol I'm unfamiliar with, though. I'm liking this clip, and Richard may not get it back. Yeah, the clip is a wonder, right? Very well. Mm, that's Simon, so Fraser, and then Richard, so Fraser first. Okay, so I am going to continue stealthily moving around to see what's going on up here. And as soon as I have a target, if a target exists, I'm presuming there, there is a target because uh, there were some bullets flying about. Do you require a sanity roll for seeing this? Oh, absolutely. Thing? This thing They're is disgusting. Yeah, just so like imagine the imagine the regular man-sized body where the mm-hmm. have have come apart a little bit into just you know five or ten different fleshy strands, and they're stretched out over the cave hallway here, and they're creeping closer, clawing along the cave walls to try to get the body closer. Do I have the option to not imagine that? No, sir. Righto, then. Here we go. And that is a 73 over my current sanity of 40. And seeing this will cost you two points of sanity. Oh, my goodness. That is lucky. I am getting ever closer. Ever closer. But you can now make the shot. Okay, I shall do so. And it looks as though I'm close enough for point blank. Um, That is either a 70 or a 70. So that is a miss. All right, you fire at it. Um, It will turn just slightly. So this is the creepiest part for you, is that it turns the interior portion of its body and these flesh strands continue to walk closer down to your compatriots. So I was checking the um, point blank rules there, um, and one of the things about point blank is you are close enough that the your opponent can have um, like a melee attack on you. Well, I've got enough. If it so desires, I've got enough strands to go around. That will not do it. The seventy-five. Uh, so it does swipe at you, uh, but does so failingly. And in that case, then Richard, it's your action. So Richard is going to try and escape Maggie and uh, have a good poke at this thing. I mean, it's coming towards him. It would be rude not to take this opportunity after all. Yeah, I totally agree. She doesn't have you in a grapple, so you can absolutely move closer. Yes. Yes. All right. So can he try and prize it apart with his pickaxe? Oh, I don't see why you couldn't. No, indeed. Um, yeah, go right ahead. What would I roll for that? I don't have a pickaxe. I suppose uh, I would just give you a fighting brawl roll. That's a fail. That's a 47 over 34. 
You swing at this thing, and it thuds into its body. The uh, pickaxe spins a little bit, and the blunt side of it hits the body. The head, with a series of bone-crackling noises, the head turns back towards you, and it stares at you. Would you mind lying down? Um, if you could spread your, I don't know, um, whatever appendages apart, I'd be, um, I'd be most um, grateful if you wouldn't mind a, a brief examination. So, this is probably heard by both Maggie and Mister Fraser. This is insanity. You have no idea what Richard is on about here, uh, Maggie. It's for science. <laughs> he might be right. Uh, so since Simon has a pistol, uh, he'll go before Maggie. Okay, but they're currently in melee right now, correct? That is correct. Is there a rule that allows me to aim for a round before I shoot to avoid this? So in the intention to take careful aim must be declared on the character's turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot is taken in the same turn in order of combat on the following round. So if you aim this turn, uh, you will get an advantage next turn. I will do that. Okay, very good. Miss Bellinger. Yes, I would like to grab Richard's feet out from under him and pull him away from this thing. All right. Fighting brawl. Um, there is the risk of trouser leg damage if this happens. That's that, Your yeah. trousers are already shot. We, we were over that uh, last game. They're, they're soaked through uh, and uh, not in a, a great way. So I would say that there is some danger. Oh, but I failed. His, his pants are so slippery when they're wet. Yes, um, true to form, uh, Miss Bellinger. Uh, you grab onto Richard's pants, and the pants are what come with you, not Richard's legs. You know when that happens. Me too. Uh, this being will uh, pull back from uh, the cave walls. It doesn't need to move because the people it would like to reach out and touch are right here now. It does retract its arms, and it looks like it's preparing to do something to you and likely everybody else that in its immediate range. I am going to fire three shots at it. All right. Now, I'm in point-blank range, which gives me a bonus die. I'm firing into melee, which would normally give me a penalty die. However, I have got the BDI talent, which means I do not take that penalty die for firing into melee. So I will get three shots, and they are the only three shots in my revolver, um, at my normal firing rate into this creature. Alrighty. So, the first shot is a miss. The second shot is a miss. And the third shot is a 0-5 impale. So, that will do 22 points of damage. Yeah, um, Richard, you get an upfront view of this creature's head being made into a canoe as uh, brain matter and guts fly everywhere, revealing there, beyond the hole, beyond this cave that's been made inside this creature's skull, the triumphant shooting stance of one James Robert Fraser and his pistol illuminated there in the leftover purple glow and the gun smoke around him. Uh, And I think that that is a perfect time to end. 
And so thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. I am certain that the cleanup from this will be just as epic as the story. Thank you and good night. <laughs>